0: The following is a Northern State Podcasting production. You're listening to the Mind Cruisers Podcast.
1: Podcasts where we bring mental health out of the darkness and into the light.
2: Follow the light. We'll take you away from your darkest night, I know. I swear, cause I've been.
0: Hey everybody welcome back to the mind cruisers podcast this is stephanie here again with jared hello i know we've been gone a while so we wanted to catch up a little bit kind of talk about what's been going on in the world what's been going on in our lives and we see that we have a bunch of new viewers so we're trying to get this out here despite all of the craziness going on
1: yeah it's uh i mean the world's been a little bit crazy Um, Life has been a little bit crazy. And uh, so, yeah, it just, you know, I mean, I I, I think I've been thinking about, um, like, it's not such a bad time to have a break, um, mainly due to all the craziness in the world and like people just, you know, having bigger fish to fry, I guess. (laughs) Um, But... Or what's the what's the PETA term for that one? Oh, man. Actually,
0: I am going to look it up. Yeah, the PETA-friendly term for that one is a bigger fish to free.
1: Nice. Very good. Um, so, yeah, uh, with all the things that have been happening, um, it wasn't a bad time to have a break. But um, I'm excited to be back in here with you and, um, you know, talk about um, anxiety today.
0: Me too. Anxiety is a huge discussion topic, and I'm sure that a lot of the world is experiencing anxiety just from being stuck at home, not being able to see their friends, not being able to travel, and all of the just protests, everything happening on in the country. And I believe, while well, I believe very deeply that these changes need to happen in our country and around the world. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about that but first I wanted to mention um that Stephanie recently graduated uh with it, from her master's program and uh, I would love it if everybody would just if you if you see her on Facebook or go to the the page and just send a congratulations to her because she's worked extremely hard on that um over the last couple of years and um yeah I'm just proud of her, her yeah. uh for making that, getting through that. So, you know, it's been a ride.
0: Yeah, it absolutely has. I feel so good to just not be thinking about school in the back of my head all of the time. So, I'm very excited. I had such a fun time with my family and friends at graduation and felt very spoiled and am happy for the next chapter of life. So, thanks, Jared.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, going, moving on to the protests and everything. Um, I feel like we need to have a little talk about that at least. Um, I mean, looking at it from my standpoint, um, those who don't know me, I am a white male. Um, and so I can't really speak to, um, racism as far as like being someone being racist towards me. Um, And I grew up in an area of the country, which is like Northwest Washington state, um, that doesn't have a lot of, um, diversity really. Um, especially African Americans, uh, like I probably knew five maybe in my, um, childhood in my school system. Um, so I can't really, like, it's hard for me to talk about those sort of things and understand it completely. Um, but I also think about the idea that um, I've never felt like I was racist at all or, like, that I um, I always felt like I love everybody. That's always been my thought is that I want to love everybody. I want to, like, be kind to everybody. And then, like, even if they're treating me wrong, honestly. Um, so the one thing that this has all really brought up for me is that um, there's things that, like, that – like happened to us. And like throughout time that we don't really even realize we're being like that there's racism in there. Um And the, the example I come up with is that like, in the last couple of years, my wife and I went to Pittsburgh for her work. And I was walking down the street. And there's a black man coming my way. And I crossed the street, because I felt unsafe. But like, there was no reason for me to feel unsafe, honestly, like, it was just, honestly probably the media the like the movies all the things that i've seen in my life that have like instilled that into me um and then on top of that like there was a barbershop shop and my i needed a haircut and i was like oh i'm gonna go in this barbershop. shop and i go up to the door and it's like all african-american people and i was like oh they're not gonna want me in there so i turned around and left and like again like I'm like now I'm like, God, I should have went in there, I should have said hi, I should've talked to these people and like been totally like they're no different than I am. And so like it's just like me thinking about these things like that's the systematic systematic racism that I feel like is in the country is that we like we don't even realize it. It's like it just it just happens because we are not paying attention or we're not I don't know, we're not aware, I guess, of of the things that are um, so I, I'd urge everybody to like, listen to what people are saying and like, don't just assume that it's not happening because it's not happening to you. Um, yeah. Cause like, I feel like even around me, like the people I've had conversations with so far have been like, some of them say that it doesn't exist or like, and I'm like, you can't say that you're a white male. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to, it's hard to really put that into like, but like the people that I know that are that are um, like either um, Mexican-American or African-American or um, I have a friend that's Iranian that, that like all of them when I talk to them about it they talk about how it's constant like walking down the street the looks that they get is totally different than the looks I get so it's just an interesting like dynamic to all of it
0: yeah I I agree that we have these kind of feelings that are ingrained with us that we have learned growing up and being in these different cities. And just, we all strived, I think, to be comfortable. And that's something that I saw that really kind of raised my awareness about racism is that there's different kind of learning zones about becoming anti, so being anti-racist. And those different zones are the fear zone. And then there's the learning zone and then there's the growth zone. And during the fear zone, you do stuff like that. You strive to be comfortable. You don't get in situations where you feel uncomfortable. You avoid the hard questions. You deny that racism is actually real. You deny it, deny it, deny it, but it is absolutely real and is thriving. But the next kind of step to move on into the learning zone is to ask questions. Just try and figure out your own privileges. Being vulnerable And then learning your own biases and then any kind of knowledge gaps you have. Listening to others who look and think differently than you. That's another huge part about it. And then recognizing, again, that racism is something that's a current problem. And then when you move on into the growth zone, you sit with your own discomfort. You speak out when you see racism happening. And I um, relate to that aspect a lot. My final project for my symposium for my MSW had a lot to do with racism. And um, I had to be the one to do an assessment at the practicum site I was at because I am a white female. And the patient was a white male and did not want to see anybody who wasn't white. And so when I went in there... It was a huge ethical dilemma. And he was saying very horrible racist comments. And immediately, even though I was a student, I said, I'm not going to put up with this. You're not going to speak like that in front of me. I will not tolerate this racism. And um, I was not super polite, but also firm with my boundaries. And our conversation was very different. So my uh, supervisor encouraged me to use that for my final project. And um, it was... It was wild just how how his entire face changed. And he's probably so used to making these horribly racist comments. But the fact that I called him on it was, I believe, pretty eye-opening for him. Not that it will change everything, but that's what we have to do. We have to call people when we see it. We have to say, that's not okay to say instead of just going along and being comfortable. We have to be uncomfortable and call that crap out. And it's the only way it's going to stop.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I never heard that story before, but that's that's really very cool. Um, I think it is, it is getting out of your comfort zone and being, um, yeah, being able to like, cause it, yeah, we get so, I mean, in everything, not just in racism or anything, but like, we get so like caught up in, um, our own lives and like trying to be, um, nice in so many ways. Right. <laughs> so like, we're. All, I don't want to cause drama. I don't want to whatever. So we, we, we don't really like speak up when we should, and so hopefully all of this kind of helps that um helps people realize or like you know s- step out there and like make some make some help make change and help um yeah just just help the world i mean it's it's a it's a benefit to the world for us to like treat each other all well so um, yeah, it's a benefit
0: to the world, it's a benefit to ourselves, it's a benefit to our friends and family. And I'm a huge advocate for being so completely yourself that the people that love you for who you are are gonna surround themselves by you. And if that means not putting up with racist comments, I wanna be around people that don't make racist comments and that are trying to be better and grow.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, like especially for me, at least like most of the older generation around me, like ha- they they say things like that fairly regularly and a lot of people like are just like oh yeah just chalk it up to grandpa you know basically kind of idea but uh we definitely need to start calling them on that like we need to spend a little bit more time like either either educating them I'm I mean sometimes they're not really they're kind of stuck in their ways but but even then just if nothing else is great practice yeah
0: exactly <laughs> and at least it's like your grandparents that you're calling out you know yeah it <laughs> might be a yeah, little exactly. easier
1: yeah, certainly. Yeah. And they're not going to, you know, quite. Um, they're probably not going to attack you like maybe somebody else. They're not going to
0: love you any less, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And if they do, then, well, maybe that's for the better. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> okay, so that's kind of um, the majority of what I wanted to say about that. Um, is there anything you wanted to add?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, again, I want to encourage people to vote. That's something I struggle with. And I absolutely need to do that. But it's the only way if we advocate for these policies and leaders who are anti racist, we got to keep doing that. We got to um, research those people that are very, you know, working hard to. Change these policies and the system, systemic racism, especially with uh, jail policies I'm and felony policies. I'm huge on that. The uh, disparities of the people that are in jail are unbelievable. So, again, um, actually, this isn't again, but if you have time, I encourage you to watch. I believe it's called 13th on Netflix.
1: I watched it. Oh, you um, did? Okay. I yeah. watched it. We watched it a while ago, but... Um and it's, yes. definitely watch it it's it's a excellent <laughs> documentary um yeah. we uh yeah certainly definitely go out and watch that if you have time and and I am a huge proponent for voting because I feel like um honestly, I feel like like most people who are who it's almost like the <laughs> i don't wanna i don't wanna like step on people's feet here because like i feel like I could easily but Um, a lot of like really smart people I know don't vote because they don't feel like they do enough research. Um, But honestly, like doing very little research, you can make a very, a better decision than some other people. That's what I'll say. Um, So like, I, yeah, I just encourage everybody to vote, like make your voice heard um, no matter how small, maybe it may feel um, because sometimes like if you live in a democratic state, then maybe and you're a Republican, maybe you don't um, feel like your voice is heard, or vice versa. Um, but you should still do it because uh, it's kind of a—I'd say it's your social obligation in some ways to like to like show um, to make to like bring bring us. That, I mean, the more voters, the better. Really, it gets <laughs> us better people in office, one way or the other. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I could go yeah. off on a huge tangent here, but I'm not going to because <laughs> politics always irritates me. Um, but yeah. So anyways. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, too, want to add, I know I, around social media, I've seen a lot about social workers uh, partnering up with police officers. And I know we do that here in Spokane, too. And just how important that will be moving forward. I've been seeing a lot in the media how much social workers can help with these different kinds of change. And I'm so just thrilled and excited to be a part of that um, career and population. And I can't wait to kind of see the sp- changes that we can make in this country. I'm so excited. So let's just keep fighting the fight. Social justice, no matter what, all of us have a part in it.
1: Yep. Yep. And uh, so speaking of this, uh, just real quick is... The song White Privilege Two, if you're uh, if you haven't heard it by Macklemore. Absolutely amazing. Like a, honestly, it's been on repeat for probably a year for me, to be honest with you. Um, because it's so like just moving and like the the content of that song anyways is just um it's eye opening, I'd say. Yeah,
0: he did, I believe, pretty great with that song. I mean, I love him, yeah. Macklemore.
1: It was probably released, I think maybe four years ago or so. So it's still, it was, you know, it's not a brand new song by any means, but um, it was a really good song. So anyways, check that out. I'll put a, maybe a link in our bio or in our, God, not in our bio. (laughs) I always say that. (laughs) In our, in our show notes, that's what I meant. Um, So yeah, I'll put that in there. But uh, yeah, I think moving on, we'll uh, jump into anxiety Yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, honestly, we probably, we're probably we not going to hit everything in this episode. Not even close. Um, nah, not even close. Um, so look out for future episodes kind of um, going further in detail, I'd say. So to start, um, we'll just say that anxiety is a normal part of life. Um, it's a normal feeling that um, everybody should feels or has or um yeah it's normal so um really there's there's an experience um you may experience anxiety um that is persistent or uncontrollable or overwhelming and that's where it kind of shifts i feel like to um being more of a diagnosable thing um so yeah if it's if, if the anxiety is excessive or um Yeah, if it's excessive or in every, if you dread everyday situations, that's when it becomes disabling um, or interferes with your daily activities. So uh, let's start with um, kind of what anxiety is. And uh, I'll let Stephanie kind of tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so anxiety really is just the mind and body's reaction to stressful and dangerous or unfamiliar situations. It's that sense of uneasiness you get, distress or dread you feel before a significant event or sometimes even an insignificant event. And a certain level of anxiety helps us stay alert and aware. But for those suffering with anxiety disorder, any kind of anxiety disorder, it feels so far from normal and can be completely debilitating. And um, as Jared was saying, there's we all experience anxiety in everyday life and that could be worry about paying bills, landing a job, romantic breakup, or kind of other important life events. It becomes a disorder when it's constant, it's unsubstantiated and you're worrying and it causes the significant distress and interferes with your daily life. So you're not able to go on with your daily life and complete those tasks because you're so far into feeling your anxiety. And, um, I know a lot of those symptoms are panic, fear, uneasiness, not being able to sleep, not being able to stay calm and still, having cold, sweaty, numb, or tingling hands and feet, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, dry mouth, nausea, tense muscles, and dizziness. Those are all kinds of symptoms that happen, or I would say fast-paced breathing, um, the sweaty palms, which it said, and the feeling of dread in your stomach—that is another thing that happens a lot with anxiety. And again, if if you're unable to complete tasks of everyday life, that is when it develops into a disorder. And at the past, with the last addition of the DSM, they added that it doesn't have to be a significant amount of anxiety to be called anxiety disorder. So it's kind of just up to the person to decide if that is something that they are experiencing.
1: Yeah, I feel like when, at least when I'm anxious, I feel like I fidget a lot. Um, And that's just kind of one of the ways that I like recognize it, I guess. Um, So yeah, that makes some sense to me.
0: Yeah. I, I move like my legs sometimes, which I I've gotten better about it. And then my like palms get sweaty and, um, I talk really fast when I get anxious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. We, I mean, we all kind of show it differently, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, um, one thing we were going to mention is there's several different types of anxiety. Um, and each one kind of, um, shows, they kind of show in similar ways. Um, from what I understand, but, but, uh, they're all like very different in a lot of ways. So, um, let's see, it's an umbrella. Anxiety is kind of an umbrella term, uh, that includes different conditions. Um, so one of the conditions is panic disorder. Um, and that's kind of the feeling of terror that strikes you at, at random. Um, during a panic attack, you may also sweat, have chest pain feel palpitations, or sometimes you may feel like you're choking or having a heart attack. Um, Another form of anxiety is social anxiety, um, also called sociophobia. This is when you're feeling overwhelming, worry, or self-consciousness about everyday social situations. You fixate on others, um, about others judging you, or on being embarrassed. Um, And then there's also specific phobias, which is um, feeling intense fear of specific object or situations such as heights or flying. Um, A lot of people suffer from this one, I feel like. Um, The fear goes beyond what's appropriate um, and may cause you to avoid um, situations, ordinary situations for the most part. And then there's the one that we're going to speak mostly about today, and that's generalized um, anxiety, which is... Um, the f- feel, you feel excessive, unrealistic worry or tension with little to no reason, um, or little or no reason, I guess. Um, and then the last one is agoraphobia, which I do not know much about, but Stephanie can tell me.
0: Yeah. So agoraphob- agoraphobia is kind of this marked fear or anxiety with two of these following situations, which are using public transportation, being in open places, such as like parking lots, bridges, marketplaces, or being in enclosed places, such as shops, theaters, cinemas, that type of stuff, and then standing in line or being in a crowd or being outside of the home alone. So it really just has to do with your physical body being around others kind of thing, um, I think is the best way to explain it. And it just provokes fear, anxiety, and it's persistent. Nice. Nice.
1: Um, so I was going to ask you a question because I don't know the answer and I, I didn't um, actually find it. Um, how would somebody like, I mean, obviously the symptoms, if they have the symptoms, but how would somebody like um, recognize whether they're having anxiety besides like, is there a, a another way to do that? Besides just like, Oh, I have the symptoms then. Cause I feel like symptoms in you know, a lot of times with anything, honestly, like you don't, Symptoms overlap a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Between different things.
0: Yeah. So I think, again, just it is about if you're experiencing these symptoms that we've talked about and it has a direct impact on you completing everyday tasks of your life and it interferes with your life, that's when it becomes a problem. And you might experience, you know, anxiety and and symptoms, but you're still functioning. And it's kind of up to you in that case. I think it's subjective to whether or not you feel like you need help and need to move forward with treatment or talking to somebody. But But I think with so many different mental health diagnoses, it's up to the individual person to kind of decide whether or not it's something they want to take care of or work on. And um, I mean, especially with anxiety and depression, there's so many people that experience those symptoms. But if you're completely debilitated or having panic attacks or scared to go out of the house, those are all huge reasons to get help. And it's better to do that before things start turning significant.
1: Okay, so like I said, this episode is mostly going to focus on um, general anxiety disorder or they um, label it as GAD also. Um, And that's characterized by persistent and excessive worry about a number of different things. Um, People with GAD may anticipate disaster or may be overly concerned about money, health, family, work, or other issues, Um, individuals with GAD find it difficult to control their worry. Um, They tend to worry more than what seems warranted. Um, GAD is diagnosed um, when a person finds it difficult to control their worry for more days than not or for at least six months and has three or more of the symptoms we talked about. Yeah, so uh, people with GAD um, don't usually know how to stop the worry cycle, and they feel it's beyond their control. Um, All anxiety disorders may relate to difficulty tolerating uncertainty, but GAD... um, People with GAD tend to uh, try to plan and control those situations, Um, so yeah. as far as treatment or, um, for GAD, um, or for anxiety in general, um, the few that I kind of did some research on, um, or psychotherapy, which is a type of counseling that addresses the emotional response to mental illness,
0: mental health uh, therapy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: yes, exactly. And then, um, also cognitive behavioral therapy which stephanie will tell us more about because she knows way more than i do
0: and well i'm not like super into cbt i mean i i know more about dbt which is a form of it but um cognitive behavior therapy is just changing your cognitions and your brain to believe something else about yourself and um it's as you do it and as you practice it it'll get you'll build those neural pathways in your mind And for DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy, it's about kind of just being able to not control your emotions necessarily, but be able to regulate them where they don't become too distressing. And then as long as you're able to do that, that can help with your anxiety and move forward to more intensive therapies such as EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, and that one is used a lot in trauma work, but both with complex trauma and um, just kind of if you had a, a car wreck or something small, a little there's like little T trauma and big T trauma. But that's really helpful with those. And that can if you work on the trauma and the things that are going on in your life, that can help ease anxiety symptoms. So I know that those are all really great treatment modalities that can help um, along with mindfulness and self-regulation. Really, that is just kind of the tip of the iceberg to all of these different therapies is mindfulness, self-regulation, being able to experience your emotions without letting them control you. That's going to be really big in any of these disorders that we talk about. And anything that we experience as humans is to be able to gain some just control over how we act and how we don't, we can't control how we think, but we can definitely control how we speak and how we act on those emotions. So that's just kind of the beginning.
1: Yeah. Um, so I do have a question because, uh, that's what I do, but, um, so my question is like, so I understand, uh, CBT, um, as being like creating new neural paths in your, in your brain, or whatever, because you tend to get into the same patterns mm-hmm. always. Um, but but the EMDR, what is, um, I guess, what is the layman's terms for like what is that doing mm. to you? All right. i right, yeah, I guess I just, yeah, I mean, we'll probably, I honestly, I feel like we'll have a whole episode yeah, about we this, we probably will, so you don't have to go like super depth, but but I, but I just want to like
0: elevator a, pitch,
1: like quick. All right. So
0: EMDR is about using the different parts of your brain and being able to kind of not talk about a trauma. You don't necessarily have to talk about the trauma at all, but experience the feelings of a trauma that happened in your life. While having, it's called BLS, which is bilateral stimulation. So you can have a light blinking, you can have sound in your ears, or you can use kind of these finger movements going back and forth. And that allows your eyes to go back and forth, um, even with a light bar. Um, And then you're being, you're able to talk about the trauma or what you're feeling about yourself, and then change that cognition about yourself during that reprocessing um, time. During therapy. So the whole point is that you are basically having your entire brain able to work together by being able to have those gut feelings, those gut reactions, and what you're saying, and then um, without having all of the emotional tension happening. So that's the whole aspect of it is that you can kind of just completely reprocess that trauma and make it something positive or something good. So you're going from having a cognition of, um, I am not good enough to, I am good enough. And you're putting that in your heart and in your soul and in your mind and you feel it. It's been very successful. It's very popular. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty wonderful.
1: That sounds amazing. I have lots more questions, but I'll save <laughs> them for now. Um, so yeah, let's um I was we were trying to I was trying to think of and I did some research on some tips um for how, if you're feeling anxiety or stress, um kind of more like self-remedy tips I'd say. Um because I feel like from my research, um, that's probably the I don't know if it's the best way. There's not a best way, but it's it's a it's a it's a really good way of of handling or trying to ease your anxiety in general. Um, so some of those tips are taking time, um, and, and practicing yoga, listening to music, meditating, kind of taking care of yourself and like, um, stepping back from your problems and clearing your head. Um, also don't skip, not skipping meals, keeping, keeping, um, a good diet and like energy boosting snacks are plus I'd say on that, um, limit your alcohol or caffeine use, um, those tend to aggravate anxiety, um, get enough sleep. So like your body obviously needs rest and not having rest messes with your mental state in general. So, um, obviously it will, um, also aggravate your anxiety if you are experiencing that. Um, exercising daily, um, is always good, um, with any kind of mental condition, but, um, anxiety for sure. Um, taking deep breaths. And just, um, you know, releasing some tension in your body. Uh, Also counting to 10 slowly um, or even 20, whatever. Um, Just like if you're feeling anxious in that moment, um, that can sometimes help. Um, Doing your best as opposed to aiming for perfection. um, Knowing that perfection isn't necessarily possible in life, um, except what you cannot control. Um, so a lot of, I feel like, well, some people that have anxiety a lot, um, they feel like they need to control everything and kind of stepping back and realizing that you can't control everything or, um, accepting that you can't control everything is, um, is always a good thing. Um, a good laugh is always a good thing. I'd yeah. say, um, I tend to laugh a ton, so, um, I'm not a super anxious person, but I do have anxiety sometimes. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's we like all do.
0: Rule.
1: Yeah. Um, maintaining a positive attitude. Um, so just from trying to make an effort to, if you, if you even, even recognizing negative thoughts, um, is really a good thing, but, um, trying to turn them into positive, trying to change the language in your head to being more positive.
0: That's exactly what CBT is. (laughs) I feel like
1: that's like (laughs) a, I mean, that is something that I've done definitely in the past, um, with my illnesses. Um, so other things you can do is just volunteering and finding ways to be active in your community. Um, which can create a support network and kind of make you feel, um, accomplished and things like that. um, Learn what triggers your anxiety. Um that's always a good thing, obviously. Um find recognize those things that are that are causing this and you know, either change them or uh accept them in some terms in some ways. Um or the last thing I'll say is talk to somebody because it's always good to get those things out, to hold on to them is never a good thing. So yeah. So the one of the,
0: uh, I really, go ahead. I just want to add to about, uh, journaling. I think journaling is huge because then you can literally write about exactly the thing that triggered you, how you felt. And, um, there's a thing in DBT called a behavior chain analysis. So you can see what the trigger was and how you got to your reaction, but even just journaling about it. So you can look back on it and be like, oh, that situation really upset me and, If I have a change in plans or if this happens, that really triggers me. So just kind of building these safeguards and putting these safeguards in place is important. And learning about yourself and what it is that triggers you and looking deep into that is important. And journaling is a great way to kind of talk to yourself or see what you were thinking earlier.
1: I totally agree. Um, Journaling has always been something that I want to do, but I never actually do. So (laughs) unfortunately... It's been like on my to-do list for my entire life, I feel like.:
0: Yeah, my friend got me this because um, I, I don't really love journaling, but because I, I just wrote so much in school like in, in discussions, which felt like journals, but my friend got me a gratitude journal that I'm starting to work on, and man, it is good. it makes, it makes me feel good. it makes me um, just have positive attitude, and I'm trying to work on that every day. so thank you, Heather. Shout out to you!
1: Awesome. Yeah, I've done gratitude jar. I've done gratitude jar before, where it's like you write a grateful what you're grateful for each morning, which is a uh, oh yeah very helpful. I feel like too. Um, you, I mean, literally, it, if nothing else, honestly, what I feel like it did is that it uh, you spend that much time like thinking about what you're grateful for and like reflecting on it for even a minute, um, and that just um, it definitely changes mm-hmm. your mind in, in time. Okay, so some of the other things we wanted to talk about was like myths um, with um, anxiety. Um, so one of the myths is uh, using a rubber band uh, and snapping your wrist every time you have a bad thought. Um, reality says that um, studies show that suppressing your thoughts makes them stronger and more fr- more frequent. Thinking, um, Think of it this way. Um, the thought you resist persists, which is a yes. cool, I think it's a cool way of saying it.
0: So the next myth is if a panic attack gets too bad, you can pass out or lose control. And um, we didn't really kind of touch on panic attacks, but panic attacks are when you are hyperventilating and unable to breathe, there's gonna be uh, very high heart palpitations and you feel that you are gonna lose control. But the reality is it's unlikely that you're going to faint, which is caused by a sudden drop in blood pressure. So during a panic attack, your blood pressure does not fall and it actually rises slightly. So um, don't worry about fainting during that situation.
1: Yeah. I actually have had a panic attack before and uh, I don't think I was going to pass out, but I definitely was like a scary situation. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely.
1: So the third myth is if you have anxiety disorder, it is important to avoid stress and situations that make you feel stressed. Um, The reality is treating yourself as if you are fragile and avoiding risk leads to feeling demoralized. Avoiding anxiety tends to reinforce it. Uh, You can be anxious and still do whatever you have to do.
0: This one says always carry a paper bag in case you hyperventilate. I'm sure some people do this, but you definitely don't need to. It again reinforces the fact that you're not able to kind of handle those emotions. And while hyperventilation is uncomfortable, it is not dangerous.
1: Yeah, that that one's an interesting one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The next myth is the causes of anxiety disorders are usually rooted in childhood. Um so effective therapy must focus on that time period. Um, the reality is research shows that effective treatments focus on the here and now, including new skills to manage thoughts, emotions, discomforts, and behavior
0: yeah, and just to add on that, I think that that's true for all therapy. You definitely don't have to go into childhood unless that's something you really want to there's no there's just no that I know of evidence that says that you have to do that kind of therapy and go into those traumatic events that might re-traumatize you. And it is important to just focus on mindfulness here and now moving forward. So the next one is medications. Uh, medication spraying This is a myth. Medications for anxiety are addictive, so they should be taken only if absolutely necessary. And that's just not true. The SSRIs and SNRIs antidepressants are not addictive. The benzodiazepines, those are the ones that could be helpful in the short term, but also lead to increased tolerance and dependence after long-term use. So those are the ones that you can get addicted to. SSRIs are totally safe, totally healthy. So um, just talk to your doctor if you are considering considering medication for anxiety.
1: Yeah. Um, the next myth is, which we already talked about a little bit because um, we didn't actually talk about medication much, but... Um that medication is the only treatment for anxiety disordered disorders um and the truth is medication can be effective, but scientific research shows that cognitive behavior therapy c b t which we talked about um may be just as or more effective than medication um and I'm assuming that e m d r also has this same effect so
0: mm-hmm, yeah. EMDR is great. The next one is that some people are just worry warts or neurotic and there's nothing that can easily or can that really make any difference. And the truth is that therapy can help you reduce that worry and suffering and it can teach you to learn different relationships to your own thoughts with the CBT and um, different cognitive thoughts. So regardless of your temperament and how long neurotic habits have been happening in your life, you can definitely still change those aspects
1: yeah Um, and then the next myth is you can eat right exercise avoid caffeine and live a healthy lifestyle or if you do sorry um, your anxiety will go away and this is simply not true Um, those things might help your anxiety but they're not gonna probably eliminate it Um, while some of your anxiety might go away your disorder won't won't be cured anxiety disorders are certain are s- certainly sensitive to stress, but stress does not cause them. Um, you may n- need more than more help than you than reducing your stress. You may need to face your fears, learn facts, learn new facts about your symptoms, stop avoiding, learn tolerance for experiences, and change how you think.
0: And the last one is a never-ending supply of compassion reassurance from family and friends and assistance in avoiding stress are good for someone with anxiety problems. But the truth is that well-meaning friends and family can inadvertently get caught up in reassurance compulsions and also help maintain those fears by keeping you from facing your own fears. While compassion and kindness, encouragement to move through anxiety and doubts instead of avoiding them is more helpful. And I just wanted to say this quote by Brene Brown, because it really makes me think of this. And she says, we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection, love is not something we give or get. It is something that we nurture and grow a connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within." each one of them. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. So um, again, Brene Brown, who's a very famous social worker said that. And I, I think it's true. Like we have to be able to love ourselves and not rely on somebody else to give that compassion and love um, to us and incur, and go to them to help us emotionally regulate. It's just codependent. <laughs> See episode one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, for sure. And Brene Brown is... Um, she says a lot of great things. So if you don't know who she is, you should definitely check her out.
0: Yeah, she she's an expert on vulnerability. Absolutely. Yeah. She's... Yeah. I've, uh,
1: her yeah. TED Talk is obvious. Like many people have probably watched that already. But if you haven't, that's another one. That's one to definitely check out. That's all about vulnerability. Um, and I know she has a couple mm-hmm. books that... Katie has definitely
0: quite a few. Oh yeah, she's yeah. Um,
1: okay, so anything else you want to add about general anxiety or anxiety in general?
0: I think it's just so common. And again, I'm I'm kind of this. I've talked about this before, but I am not super into getting. I mean, like a diagnosis specifically. Like if you're having these anxious symptoms and you feel like you have anxiety or depression go talk to somebody look for some support look within yourself but you don't have to get a diagnosis slapped on you that so if that's what's stopping you don't be scared it's okay um you can work on yourself without having that you know living with you for the rest of your life
1: yeah for sure i think um i yeah i i think you're right and that even then like trying these little things that we talked about um maybe is another a good option for that because um, if you're not feeling, it depends on how your level, I guess, where you're at, on um, how often you're feeling anxious and stuff like that. Because um, I feel like it is normal, but yeah. but I feel like there's a lot of people that have a lot of it. So, um, and then we have numbers, but I don't know how accurate they are. So I'm not gonna state them.
0: That's because there's just yeah different numbers and different studies and there's no I don't know it doesn't feel very black and white about how many people have anxiety and I mean so many people are undiagnosed too and that's okay so yeah for sure lots of people experience anxiety yeah <laughs> lots
1: for sure um so yeah then I think we're gonna move on to the part of the show where we talk about music and if you haven't already you should go check out our playlist. Which is, yeah,
0: I listen to it every day right now. <laughs> yeah, I've been
1: listening to it every pretty much every day um lately too. Uh it's called Mind Cruisers Music on Spotify. And if you don't have Spotify, you can still go to our website mindcruisers.com and you can listen to the first 100 songs I think is all, but it's still 100 songs. Um and that's just um they limited at that so um but if you have Spotify, go subscribe. And you can add music to it. Honestly, we want to hear music from you guys. If there's something that inspires you or um, eases your mind or whatever, you know, whether you just enjoy it, Um, add it to our playlist because it is um, meant to be kind of a community playlist. So far, it's just me and Stephanie, but um, that's (laughs) yeah, it's been great so far. I've been uh, there's been a lot of good music on there that I've not necessarily heard before. We um, need the- to
0: put that White Privilege song on there
1: Oh, for sure By Macklemore Yeah, for sure, we will <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we uh, But I've been listening to Quite a lot of NF As um, also one of my favorite people, for sure um,
0: Oh, yeah, he's incredible He, oh But he has that song Trauma And then what's the oh, one? Man, I want to uh,
1: learn to play that all- one on the piano So bad right now
0: Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah it's,
1: it's not It doesn't seem like it's super hard But it's also like just a really great song. Anyways, yeah, it is definitely good. something to check out for everybody out there. Um let's see, who else? Um, there's a wit wit uh, Ollie. Ollie, definitely somebody to oh, check Ollie, out. Ollie yeah. Someone to check yeah, out. For... He's
0: he's is he the one that was doing the Uber driving and then started rapping? No, that, that that's
1: uh Gremlin. Gremlin you, you can oh, also Gremlin. Definitely, Which... We don't have any yeah. songs I don't think on, on our playlist from him, but we could definitely add some. Yeah. Um, there's another guy that I was going to mention his name is Wit Lowry who also is very similar to NF in a lot of ways um, singing about those sort of things which um, and he has so much passion in his um, mostly mm-hmm. it's rap music um, but it's uh, there's just a lot of really good stuff there um, the other things I've been listening to recently um, is somebody that you added to the playlist which
0: was is it Lizzo
1: no it is <laughs> um dang it I know I had it here um is,
0: oh there's a song by my son one of my kiddos loves it's called be kind I need to add that but it's by Halsey it's a pretty popular oh, yeah. song and Marshall. I think I actually did oh you did yeah, oh, it's, i heard yeah, it it's I a heard good, it, it's a good this, one I already
1: yeah. It. so yeah um i can't remember the person that i it's someone that you yeah, had yeah. added but uh i can't seem to find where it is now but um you had added a couple different songs from them um and i then i started listening to them because
0: is it x ambassadors because they no, have some of good course
1: stuff. i know who they are and <laughs> it was Kala, Kalia, calio calio
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Calio. Uh, K- uh, Calio. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're listening right yeah, now, yeah. because we're. <laughs> <That's> K-A-L-E-O <laughs> yeah.
1: is how you spell it. Yeah.
0: Kaleo. I don't I think I might. Jasmine would know. But
1: yeah, yeah. He, he does that. I've really enjoyed him recently. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think you showed me a long time ago. The, the Swedish um, House Mafia. Yeah, right? it's
0: good. Yeah, it gets you just so, pumped up. <laughs> so have
1: you ever heard their newer? Because like, they split up and they went to oh, no. a two-person band, which is Axwell and Engrosso, which I added some to our playlist. Okay. Um, and there's a song called More Than You Know, which is a very good song. Katie actually found it. <laughs> uh, and I was like, God, I recognize that name because I knew I had read about them about Swedish house mafia splitting up and two of the people making their own band or group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a couple of songs on there that, that, um, are from them that I've been listening to a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I've been trying to mix it up quite a lot lately because, and songs about change have really been, um, big on me right now. Um, and I think that just stems from like me feeling like I need some change in my life. Um, And maybe that's the change in also in the the world that is happening right now. Um, So yeah, those have been a few things that I've been listening to. Anything else you, you've been listening to lately?
0: I think change for me too. I am definitely opening some or starting some new chapters in life and I feel excited and uh, nervous, but I feel like my entire life has brought me here and I'm excited to kind of move forward. So I am listening to a lot of those songs about change and um, the NF song about this might be the last sunset I'll see. So I'm going to take it in and breathe it in. That's my jam right now. I'm just like, I close my eyes and just... Feel it and ready. That one's
1: a really good one also. Yeah.
0: I also, Thanks, oh, Anna.
1: Yeah, I was going to add one more thing that I added. Uh, it was from the lady, but, um, but God, this is going to sound terrible to you guys out there because you don't know anything about this, but um, I sent Stephanie a song like back in October. That's a Macklemore song um, that's called Over It, and it's a video that's like, unbelievable like it's just, so good like the, the um once you get to the end of the song like the last chorus this this lady who her name right now escapes me but i can probably look her up um she just pours her entire soul out it feels like <laughs> um and so i've been listening to her a little bit of her music her name is donna misal And um, so I've been listening to her music a little bit that's um, just by herself, not with Macklemore, but um, definitely um, she's that you you sense that same kind of passion that we sensed in that song. That was like absolutely incredible, like gave me instantly gave me goosebumps.
0: Oh, yeah. Her it's. The studio, yeah, it's like the studio version. I mean, she's great in the um, other version, but the studio version is just incredible, incredible. Yeah, at that time I was sending Stephanie like a song, so much passion in it,
1: and like when I heard that song, I was like, "There's no chance." This, I mean, like because it like like I was physically shaking. I think when I listened to that one, it was like amazing. But um, yeah, definitely check her out. Donna Misael Misael M I -S S S A L.
0: Who's the? What's the? Who's the band that sings um these days? That's another one I've been uh, listening to a lot these days.
1: Lamental, elemental, something like that. Um, I can tell you in a second. Um, yep, rudimental rudimental, Yeah, yeah, yeah um, rudimental. so
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's another one I gave you for song of the day, if you remember right. <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so, it's good. Yeah. So, anyway. um we're listening to all kinds of music, obviously. Um,
0: yeah, join in the party. Come on. We want to hear what you guys For sure. Like. I'd <laughs> love
1: to hear anything. Um, and I, I love new music. I love pretty much all music I'm I'm good with. Um, I tend to listen to the least country, but doesn't mean I don't like it. It just means that I, I don't know, generally it doesn't speak to me as well. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely share whatever, and I'll listen. So, Yeah. So, I think that's all for the music part of the show, but I loved talking about it. So, me
0: too. That felt easy. Yeah, we'll keep going on that.
1: Um, And let's see. So, how you can contact us um, is through many different ways. Um, We always have mindcruisers.com, and you can always listen to the show there. And um, you can always contact us in many ways through that. Um, there's a contact page on there, which would lead you to our email, which is the Mind Cruisers Podcast at Gmail. Um, we've been getting a lot of requests for adding things to our resource page, um, and some of those things I feel like we're not. We'll talk about it, but but I feel like they weren't necessarily I don't know, the right things to add. But anyways, getting back to what I was talking about, um, you can also check us out on Facebook. Uh, it's the Mind Cruisers podcast and our Facebook group, which is a private group, but you can always join. Um, and that is kind of where we hope to share more, um, more about ourselves, more about um, life, and hopefully people can support each other through that. Um, we also are on Instagram at the Mind Cruisers podcast, um, and Stephanie has her own also uh, Instagram. Separate, which is Steph Mind Cruisers, um, I believe.
0: Um, I think that's it. And it's S-T-E-F. Yeah, S-T-E-F. Uh, yeah, yes,
1: yes, yeah, of course. Um, so as always, this podcast is meant to bring awareness and hope to those in the mental health struggle. Um, it cannot should not be a substitute for seeking professional help. Um, we always like to add that on. But um, yeah, we're just here to not give you guys knowledge. Um, but always seek professional help. Um, because although Stephanie's a professional, I'm definitely not.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely can't do real therapy from here. That's for sure. But I can definitely give you tools, the things I've learned that work for me, that work for clients. And that's what I want to continue to do to make mental health treatment more accessible to everybody.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so the last part, I guess, is just saying thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, we really, really appreciate it um it 's been it 's been a wild journey the last several months um, So many things have been happening um in our lives but uh i 'm glad to have this always um if for many reasons but yeah it 's just nice to connect and like you know get in here and and talk about some of these things that everybody experiences.
0: Me too. I love it. I hope we continue doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um,
1: So thank you for listening. We appreciate you all. Connect with us any way you can and want to. Um, We would love to talk to you. And um, we hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful month because we'll hopefully be back next month i um, on more of a schedule. We'll try as best we can. Um, but uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody for listening.
0: Yes. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: What is this world with the new generation? I tried to play a part, tried to learn how to fit in. I changed my clothes and my whole reputation, but That was not me What is this world Full of wars and fighting A struggle for power In the name of religion And it keeps repeating Until somebody gives in So it never ends Why can't we look at this world And the beauty that it offers The grass The sea and the stars. Why can't we look at this world without judgment or chaos? This world isn't yours, it's ours. And if you don't like it, there's plenty of room on Mars. What is this world with the senseless pollution? There's a million politicians, but not one single solution We should lock them all away in a mental institution And throw away the key What is this world with the poor and broken? We got multi-billionaires, please tell me you're joking People dying on the streets while big cubans they're smoking it just makes no sense at all why can't we look at this world and the beauty that it offers the grass the sea and the stars why can't we look at this world without judgment or chaos this world isn't yours it's ours And if you don't like it, there's plenty of room on Mars Why can't we look at this world with the beauty that it offers The grass, the sea and the stars Why can't we look at this world without judgment or chaos This world isn't yours, it's ours And if you don't like it, there's plenty of room on Mars And if you don't like it, there's plenty of room on Mars And if you don't like it, there's plenty of room on Mars